I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. And welcome to another fabulous episode of the Geek Down Podcast, the show where two friends and fellow geeks get together to discuss where their fandoms intersect. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And this is episode 66. 66. Get your kicks with episode 66. See? You're, you're so enthusiastic today. They don't know I'm not enthusiastic yet, Caitlin. Yeah, well, they're going to find out soon enough. <laughs> Could have made it through the entire episode without them knowing that. I, I doubt it. Put me on blast in the yeah. first two minutes. You're not smiling when you talk, Jordan. <laughs> oh, God. Radio 101. <laughs> there are many ways you can listen to our podcast. You can go to soundcloud.com forward slash geekdownpod. There, you can hit subscribe. What does that do, Jordan? It will uh, take you to iTunes where you can leave a rate and review for the podcast, which would be greatly appreciated to us. It helps us out quite a bit. As well, when you click subscribe, the notice goes out to your mans, Chauncey the Geek Down Internet Elf, back on the job after taking a little siesta last week, a little emoji-related siesta. Yeah, I'm sure he was glad for the break. Probably. He works very hard delivering you piping hot episodes of the Geek Down directly to your internet-enabled device. That is correct. Um, Thank you, Chauncey. Um, This also will enable you, Chauncey's efforts, enable you to uh, listen to our podcast through any of those podcast sites or programs that use RRS feeds. Is that is that correct? Am I correct? Are those RSS things... feeds, yes. Um, so I can't remember any of their names. I don't know. Ticker, <laughs> Stopper, Stitcher. Stitcher. I don't know. I don't use them. If you use anything to listen to podcasts, you can listen to ours on it. Yes. Just search it. Yeah. It'll be there. Because Chauncey is so hardworking. He is. Yeah. And also is magical and flies through the internet, which is just a series of tubes. Um, If you would like to talk to us. Why would you ever? But if you do. If you do, you can reach us at Twitter at GeekDownPod. See, I did it right that time. Instead of saying www.twitter.net slash GeekDownPod question mark equal sign WX36 exclamation point. Uh, you can uh, tell us about how funny we are. You can ask us questions. Um, you can bother Jordan. You can do all of that at Twitter at GeekDownPod. You can also reach us at our Facebook group, which is www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Um, and also, you can email us if you really want. You can email us suggestions pictures fan art we'll take fan art we'll take fan art um and you can do that at uh geekdownpod at gmail.com good for you look at that got through the through the whole preamble i'm spreading my wings like a dove (laughs) like a dove or you know a parakeet (laughs) i feel like that's more appropriate beautiful cockatiel i posted on facebook singing the my neighbor totoro theme song or yeah that 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 cocktail did you watch that video yes i did like i said i'm a very simple man with very simple needs <laughs> you just need more animals Some, sometimes all i need is a cockatiel singing the my neighbor totoro theme song or just more animals dressed up as like totoro just everything dressed up like totoro maybe i should be dressed up like totoro you should definitely be dressed that up would as solve totoro. all my problems <gasps> anime north i'm already the size of totoro not quite <laughs> anime north because <laughs> totoro can i get totoro costume together in like <laughs> three weeks yeah, sure. look hey you're 
your I could see from here that the bedding on your or your bedding is the same color as Totoro. I just take my duvet cover and <laughs> yeah, throw, paint a smile face on it and a white du- splotch and you're good to go. Ninety percent of the way there. Yeah, you can be featured on one of those like worst outfits <laughs> at the worst cosplay gallery mm-hmm. on Anime News Network. Yeah, finally some recognition. Yeah, see there you go. We're set. We've got this locked down. If this is the type of audio content you're like, man, I need more of this in my life all the time, you are always welcome to support the things we do on our Patreon campaign. Yeah. Um, that address, I don't know off the top. Wait, hold on. Let's see if I can get this. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash GeekdownPod. Is it the same? Not like it's not GeekdownPod for everything. Yes. It's amazing. I didn't know there could have been like some equal signs in there, some uh, Zeds. Thank you to Andrew Lund, who has been a uh, patron to the show but upped his patronage to ten dollars so he can listen to me learn how to play D. it's fantastic um if you are paying for these episodes and you're like where are they i don't know how to get them uh go to the patreon page and somewhere down the right hand bar i believe there should be an rss address that you will have to input manually into your feed of choice that's you can't Search it, per se. Listen, we're not just giving these away to everybody. These are, for, these are special. I know. I just mean, like, they can't just click a button. No. So you have to copy-paste that RSS feed address into your player of choice, and boop, it'll subscribe just like everything else you subscribe to. And when a new episode goes live, bam, Chauncey works double time on your device. Yeah. And you get really fun episodes of Jordan maybe becoming obsessed with D&D. Maybe. He's a red dragonborn. He's a paladin. He's a coat of honor. See, it's begun. And if it's a way to live a happier life than the one I have, I'm all for it. Escapism. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Speaking of escapism, do you uh, know what yesterday was? What was yesterday, Caitlin? It was free comic book day. It was free comic book day. I did not partake. I did. How was it? It was great. <laughs> I got some comics. Do you want to shout out your, your LCS? What's my LCS? Your local comic store. Oh, um, yes. If I can remember their names. Um... Okay, give me one sec. I got to think about this. Where did you go to get them? <laughs> I, we just went around to the, com- the we, there's a whole bunch of comic book stores in Hamilton. Um, hold on, one sec. Radio Magic. Okay, all I needed was a little bit of a reminder and now it's all coming back to me. So there are, the two first ones we went to was Conspiracy Comics. They used to have a couple of locations in Hamilton, but now they have the one. And then um, Comic Connection, just down the street from each other. Comic Connection is so much like Harry Tarantula, like where it's just this sort of tiny store with like way too much stuff in it. What is Harry Tarantula? You've never been to Harry Tarantula? I don't think so. Oh my gosh, it's on Young. It is a comic book store. Oh, is it the one up the flight of stairs? Yeah. Yeah, I've never been in it. Oh, yeah. No, and they have cats in there. It's off-putting. I know what's really weird about that store. I always miss it. I know where it is, and I go walking down the street, and I'm like, I'm going to go to the comic book store. And every time, I walk right past it, and I go up and down the block like a crazy lady several times before I figure out, oh, there's the door. It's magic. It's magic. Um... And then there is B, uh, Big B Comics, which is on the mountain. They had balloons. They had a tent. There was a 50-cent comic book table. There was a little kid dressed as one of the characters from... Oh, name that big video game that everyone likes playing. Donkey Kong? No, no. It, uh, uh, you know, it's from... Overwatch? Yeah, that's the one. Someone from Overwatch. Okay. I didn't know who it was. Anyways... 
it was amazing. I don't think she was working for them. I think she's just there, but it was still I amazing. I hope not, because you're a child. There are laws. Yes, there are. Um, I did pick up several comics because we went to several different places. Um, some of them were specifically for young people we know. Um, but there was a Wonder Woman, which I haven't had a chance to to read yet. Spill Night. I don't know what that is. There was a 2000 AD that they were giving away. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know, that's... that's uh, uh, Judge Dredd. Um, and then while I was also, oh, yeah, on the 50 cent table, um, senior correspondent picked up something called Vortex. Sure. Have you ever heard of this? Nope. Old, old comics. Boobs everywhere. Boobs. Just on, for no reason, just on every page there were boobs. Um, someday I'm going to bring it, I'm going to bring it to the show and just read like what the back says, which is like boobs on women, boobs on trees, boobs yeah. on the Batmobile, just yeah, boobs on just everything. Boob, boobs on everything. And, but some of the um, language at the back is fantastic. It's like well-made comic on this type of paper, new and improved. It was very strange. Um, and then for myself, I picked up um, a Captain Marvel issue zero. Sure. It's, I think it's the next Captain Marvel after, after what has happened with their war, her and Tony, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. She's going through some emotional distress. It was very good. And the art was fantastic. Um, so yeah, I had lots of fun. Oh, and we picked up a, uh, there's a Ghostbusters comic book that has just come out. Okay. And they've like merged the universes of the old Ghostbusters and the new Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. And that I'm going to bring in because that looks really cool. And um, the art's really good. So yeah. It's fun. It's great. All right. Yeah. I spent my morning before you got here at the Flipside Record Show at the Gladstone Hotel, which I've mentioned on the program before. And I know what you're thinking, listeners. You're like, again with the records, Jordan? Yes, again with the records. Because here's the thing. I didn't even have a plan. I didn't even have a list. I tried to get in contact with one of the vendors with like a handful of things that I was looking for. But I got in contact with him too late. And he was like, oh, I only have personal copies of those. And I'm not telling. Sorry. But I'll keep you in mind for next time. I'm like, cool. I just, I can't let a sale go by without knowing. Like, I'll spend $5 to know, like... You have a problem. To know what's there. You have a problem. What if I'm not there? What if you're not there and someone buys a thing that you wanted to buy? Right? (gasps) So, it's always the last bin that sends me back to the ATM. It's always the last place you check, right? Yeah. So, I went in with, like, 60 bucks. It went quickly. In the like five dollar bins and whatnot, you know my usual eighties boogie shit like that shit that may show up on on the geek down playlist at some point. Sorry for the aggro list this week, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Your man's is going through some things. Can't say it might be any better next week, but you know, hey, we try. Music, music is my salvation. And then yeah, I was flipping through like the last bin and I saw a ten dollar copy of Uncle Jam Wants You by Funkadelic, which has uh, the full fifteen minute version of not just Knee Deep by Funkadelic, obviously, which is the sample uh, that was lifted for Me, Myself, and I by De La Soul, which is also just one of my, like, it's top 10 favorite song for me just in general, not in the fact that, like, I want to listen to this song all the time, but if it comes on, yeah, I am immediately happy. Well, that's good. Like, I'm immediately happy. And I had it on 45, but the problem with 45s is, like, you can only fit so much on it. And like I said, the song's 15 minutes long, so it's like you get three minutes, and then you flip it over, and then takes up like another random three minutes of the song on the b-side and this is the full glorious 15 minutes and that was 10 bucks and i was like i have four dollars left <laughs> you're like it's not enough so I go, 
Thank God the Gladstone has a uh, you know an ATM that will gouge you out the eyeball. So really, I spent like fifteen dollars on this record after the service fees from the goddamn ATM. But was it worth it? Maybe. You're supposed to say every penny. <laughs> I haven't listened to the B side of this album yet. We'll see. We'll see if I enjoy it anymore. Joy is worth every penny. <laughs> and also, as I was like, I owe it to. I ha- I have to flip through every bin. You never know. I have to flip through every bin. And for four dollars was like this LP by a group that came up on my Discover Weekly on Spotify once that I ended up putting on the Geek Down playlist once. Uh, some English group that does some English duo that does kind of drum machine tinged Brazilian music. Yeah. They're called Dalada, which uh, my friend Leah, the Brazilian informed me is like some sort of weed slang in, in Brazil. Huh. Um, but it means like from the tin, it's supposed to mean like stuff that's cheap or something. Like, right. Um, I said, well, that would explain why the album is called songs from the tin. Um, that would make sense. That would make sense though. Those are my two big, I haven't gone through everything yet that I picked up, but I mean, it was, it was all right. I mean, your man's not in a, much better mood than he was last week but you start listening to those records they'll make you happy maybe you need to make time to clean again yeah have a See? cleaning day have a cleaning day also then you can also clean your apartment no. not that there's anything wrong with it but no. it smells like fart in here that's what she's implying no you implied that she's implying it smells like fart no it doesn't i just i think cleaning helps cleaning helps me decluttering and i can't I can't refute the fact that it smells like fart. It does smell like fart. It doesn't smell... If it smelled like fart in here, I wouldn't be doing this podcast I le- here. left for the sale at 9, came back around 11.30, opened the door, went, ooh, it still smells like fart in here. Maybe that's just the boy smell. Maybe. Also, listeners, you're welcome for the extra, you know, robust hum to my voice today. Because I'm, I'm spiced with nicotine again. You're not supposed to tell people that. <sighs> I am ashamed of him. I'm ashamed of myself, to be honest. Don't smoke, kids. Like it's bad. Like I said to Kate, you know the struggle is real. I wasn't even conscious when I did it. I was just, when I went to the store. I was just, meh. This is a thing that'll happen. So now I'm smoking again this week. Hooray! But just this week, because then you're going to stop. Probably. I hope. You're going to you're going to listen to some records. You're going to feel better. You're going to eat your feelings like I do. <laughs> well, I said to Kate before. I said to Kate when she got here. I was like, you know, this is Kate was kind enough to you know buy lunch and you know Tim Hortons. You get a donut with your sandwich combo. Yeah. And Kate was like, do you want this donut or that donut? And I'm like, and I'm, I'm actually doing pretty good this week for like, you know, not shoveling garbage into my face because I'm polluting my lungs instead. Like you can't do both. No. You can't eat the bag of Flaming Cheetos and start smoking. No. One or the other. One I've, or the I've other. been pretty solid on the bag of Flaming Cheetos a week. So. <laughs> oh, what kind of food group is that? Um, et cetera. <laughs> The et cetera food group. Et cetera. Oh, I like that. Food group. Um, just as a reminder to folks who are listening now, it's probably Tuesday today. Um, so you got to really take a look at your calendars at this moment. TCAF is coming up. TCAF is coming up. And as we mentioned, I will be going to TCAF. I am potential for TCAF. Um, I keep on missing TCAF. Um, it's keeps on happening all of a sudden and i forget or like the time i volunteered and then got hired oh i remember this story and yeah they didn't want you right well no i i i had said like i can't do it anymore like i i work now um <laughs> i'm working and they like they never go back to me they just said throw out an email apparently a lot of people 
um, flaked, <laughs> flaked on them. And I, like I said, I didn't, I, I was told had all the intentions of going, but like I said, I, I got hired and I, I couldn't. <laughs> so I felt really bad about that. I'll never forgive myself. Because I was all like, I'll be there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day, anytime you need me. And, uh, and this is what anxiety does to you, listeners. Because no one at TCAF remembers this. Nope. Cares one way or the other. Nope. How, and many, it, how many years has it been? It was like two or three. It might have been three years ago. Still upsets Caitlin if she thinks about it too much. Yeah, it does. Ugh. Um, I know that feel, bro. Yeah. It's that darkness that swallows you whole. And you have to fight your way out. It's fun. <laughs> Anxiety is fun. Yay. The Geek Down Mental Health Update. Um, but I will be there. Not in a volunteering capacity as a like fun going to go see it capacity. There are tons of people who are going to be there. I mean, listen, if you are in Toronto and you're unfamiliar with TCAF, I don't know how you possibly could be, but it is the Toronto Comics Art Festival. It runs at the Toronto Reference Library at Young on Young near Bloor. You just take the subway to Young and Bloor Station. Get off there, walk like half a block north, and you will be there. Yeah. Um, they have other events happening at the Masonic Temple further up the street, also on Young Street. And uh, yeah, the big get this year, I believe, is they are uh, doing like an Image Comics 25th thingamaboop. Yep. So there will be tons of people from Image Comics there. Uh, Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda from Monstrous, which we talked about on the show, and Caitlin and I both very much enjoy. They will both be there. Uh, Charlie Adler from... The Walking Dead will be there. Um, who else do I know of? I mean, Chip Zdarsky goes to everything, so he'll he'll be there. He'll be there. Um, my dude Kagan, who draws Captara, which is written by Chip Zdarsky, will be kicking around there as well. Uh, yeah, and there's just tons. Brian Lee O'Malley and the, oh, forgive me, the illustrator of Snot Girl will be there as well. So, I mean, there's, there's lots going on. And it is cheap as free. Yeah, which is amazing and awesome. You may spend all your money on books or but... swag they'll have like buttons and bookmarks and t-shirts and bags all the stuff that you know mm. my weakness for things that cost you no money to go to it is one of the better ones so yeah um so yeah i'll be there also if you like to make pilgrimages it is the place where jordan and i first recorded the show it is our you, first two you episodes can, you can venture your way up to uh, the fourth floor third or fourth third or fourth remember. Look for the, look at the plastic tubes we got uh, we got berated in <laughs> by other library patrons for being too loud and having too much fun. Yeah, uh, always having too much fun on the geek down. Um, speaking of comic books, I've got a ton of comic book news. Good because I have nothing. Well, excellent. I will just go in straight right away like an arrow. Go in. So, DC Comics will launch a young readers imprint in 2018. Cool. That's pretty cool. Um, Bobby Chase will be heading it. Bobby Chase, for those of, of you who don't know, she's a, the vice president and ex- executive editor um, or unexecutive editor at DC. Um, she heads Wildstorm and Young Animals, um, two imprints already at DC, and she'll be heading this Young Readers imprint. There is no name for it yet. They're not quite sure, or we're not quite sure what, what they'll be focusing on. Um Bobby Chase worked for Marvel uh, in the 1980s and 1990s, and she's worked as an editor as and a writer in comics for years and years and years. And she's she's pretty well known, has a good head on her shoulders. I'm hoping that she will be really open or or wise to the fact that um, a lot of comic books for kids are not very well marketed. Um, if they're in comic book stores, they don't do a very good job of 
getting into bookstores or at least getting advertised in bookstores. Yes. Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty sometimes when you are a bookstore and you're putting comic books away, where to put them. Sometimes things end up in the comic section that should be in the kids section. And sometimes things in the kids sections should not be there and should be in the comic book se- section. So um, I'm hoping what will happen is they will get better with this imprint at defining what they are doing and who they are advertising to and make maybe make connections with schools, teachers, teacher librarians, people who buy stuff for kids um, because there is a, a sort of a, a, a gap from from parents to to buying comic books for their kids. Mm-hmm. Even yesterday when we were in, um, we were looking, like I had mentioned, for some comic books for some younger people, and I sort of flipped through the selection, and there wasn't a lot. There was some stuff, but it wasn't tons. I mean, like, I never understood that. Like, the generally at this point, like, for the big two, DC might do this a little better, but Marvel definitely, they use their free comic book day to, like, launch into the next multi-title event that they're doing. Like, it yeah. was all Secret Empire related this time. And what? You're going to go grab the free book from Marvel and give it to your kid and then have to explain why Captain America is evil and why he's beating everybody up and holding Thor's hammer. Spoilers. And... Yeah. And um, one of the issues... Uh, well, one of the good things, and, and I think maybe this is the reason why DC has done this, is we've talked a, quite a bit about it over, over the past year, the uh, DC Superhero Girls. Mm. Um, has kind of blown up. It was a really smart move. They have a TV show. They have action figure dolls, which I bought for a niece. Um, and they've got comics um, that are all all the same animation style, same look. Um, and I think that they've seen that there is this broader market um, that they can tap into, both because of, for, for readership, um, and viewership and for the ever so important toy market. Yes. Um, so I think maybe that's why they've done this. They have so much they can work with. I know that they make a lot of in the, in the, uh, bookstore, they make a lot of readers, which for those of you who don't know or don't have kids, those are like the leveled, like level one reader or level two. They do a lot of comics, but there are no, there's no overarching story, right? They're one off. Yes. Um, so this is a really great way to get people into reading comic books at a young age, which they really need more of because they always talk about how their readership is going down. Well, that's your own fault. <laughs> Not making them accessible to kids. Idiots. Trips. Anyways. Yeah. So that's an interesting story. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing what they do with that. Um, and I, I have more unless you would like to you have two cents about working at a major Canadian retailer about it? No. No? Do people ever wander in? Oh, I, you don't have to deal <laughs> with people anymore. What do I know about people? I was going to say. Well, well, once upon a time, we both had to deal with people. I, I do know that thing where, like, you're putting things away and you realize, you wonder to yourself, this should probably not be over in the adult comic section. We should probably move this over. Manga especially, that happens oh, yeah. a lot. There's, like, you know manga for young readers that should not be you know next to adult sci-fi it should be over in the kids section but yeah because and and i think that's uh part of the wanting to clump everything together and not really taking a look at it on its own um it's just too bad and it happens um 
but other fun stuff, mm. you can pop yourself. I can pop myself. I'm talking about Funko. Oh. The Funko Pop. Thought I could finally put myself out of my misery. Oh. <laughs> Jordan. Anyways. Uh-huh. It's only in beta, but you <laughs> if you look up Pop Yourself or Funko Pop, um, you can make like a little Funko Pop avatar. Um, it needs some work. I can make a nightmarish figure, dead-eyed nightmarish <laughs> figure of myself. Yeah, if you want. Resemblance would be striking. <laughs> um, uh, I'm excited to do this because I find them very cute. And I have a Captain Marvel uh, Funko Pop bobblehead that sits on my desk. And everyone loves it. But they always guess wrong. They're always like, who is that? Is that like Supergirl? I'm like, what? No. Captain Marvel. Very important here favorite superhero and then i launch into superheroes and they realize how weird i am it's great it's a good time one of my favorite twitter accounts is a uh, nendoroid versus funko which is where they uh, illustrate so nendoroids are these to be honest much more expensive mm-hmm. uh japanese figures d- of various characters from all types of properties done chibi style right um they come with a million different accessories and stands so you can pose them and put them in cool positions um, so what this Twitter account does is it compares the Nendoroid yeah. versus the Funko version. Oh, okay. So this is, a uh, this is May from Overwatch. There's the Nendoroid. Yeah. There's the Funko. Yeah. That one's actually not that bad. <laughs> There's Nendoroid chips and Mrs. Chip and Mrs. Potts. Yeah. With Belle. That's amazing. There's the nightmare that is Mrs. Potts and Chip <laughs> as a Nendoroid. She looks like an elephant. <laughs> she does look like an elephant. I like the Funko. They're really cute. It has That's... big faces like me. I... <laughs> I do have a very wide face. I see the appeal. They are a very low price point. Mm-hmm. I definitely see the appeal when you see these people who have like crazy ass like wall of Mick Foley's daughter of all people, Noelle Foley. Okay. Um, she's a mad crazy Funko Pop person and she started a YouTube channel and one of her first YouTube videos was her going through her collection and including working with them to get one of her dad made. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so like I do understand the appeal of having like the wall of all your boxed funkos yeah sort of thing i mean i have no ground to stand on shelves full of records i have no room to add anything to <laughs> actually i just asked him that when he was looking at his records i went where are you gonna put those and he's like i'll find a place S- some somewhere um and they are very cheap and like, like i said nendoroids may look better and more striking but they're like you know 40 to 60 bucks versus the what? 10 10 to 15 that like a 40 funko to 60 dollars yeah because well they come from japan usually right like That's they're made there crazy and people import them. However, the Saitama from One Punch Man, Nendoroid, is amazing. <laughs> as are the Yuri and Victor Nendoroid. <gasps> yeah, that's probably now, amazing. Now she's in. That's probably amazing. Find that for I radio. I don't have any money. Find but... that for Radio Magic later. <laughs> um, but besides that, besides our, our probably being able to pop yourself, um, I don't really think there's much else. As we mentioned last week, this is kind of a slow news time. Basically half the year is slow news and the other, oh my God, it's amazing. So I just showed her the Victor, Victor Nikiforov from Yuri on Ice, Nendoroid. Oh my God. Look at that pose. Holding flowers and bowing. Oh my God. He's got, there's the dog. I was going to say, he's got to come with the dog. And his interchangeable faces. I was going to say, how do they do that? You can take the face off. It comes with like three or four faces. Oh my God. Oh, and there's him and Yuri. Oh, Yuri looks so good. <laughs> danger Town for Caitlin McKinnon. <laughs> danger, danger. Um, uh, no, t- there, there was something oh, that came okay. out that I just remember. There was a Defenders trailer that dropped. Oh, yeah. 
yeah, there's actually a couple of things. Um, that was the only one I watched. Um, if there were any other things, I don't know what they are. But I did, I did watch the Defenders trailer. Um, looked fine, I guess. I'm still eh. underwhelmed from <laughs> the, the stain of Iron Fist, I think, is <laughs> has got all of us kind of like... They, they probably eh. should have waited a bit. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, man, Luke Cage, I like you. Matt Murdock, I like you, too. Jessica Jones, I really like you. Oh, you're still here? So I like that they kind of make fun of him. <laughs> Iron Fist, that is. What's, they, up, what's up with the glowing hand? Yeah. Um, I have not, still not watched Iron Fist. Um, I have so much to get through, and he is down on that list. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it Sorry, was fun. Danny. It was fun to see the defenders. I want to see how their vibe is together more. I like how they they clearly pointed out there will be a hallway fight. Yeah. There will everyone don't, loves those hallway fights. Don't worry. There will be a hallway fight. Uh yeah, I I, I I'm excited, I guess, but When's it hit? July? Fall? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't no know. idea. There's something the House of Cards is gonna drop any day now. There's yeah. always There's tons of stuff. I don't know if the political climate really puts me in mind. I'm interested to see how that's gonna go for House of Cards. Mm. Not that Netflix ever releases ratings or streaming numbers, but But still. Maybe a bad scene for House of Cards in the current political climate. Um there is, uh, I forgot, Guardians dropped. Yeah, it's out there in yeah. the world. It's apparently done very well. and people, Probably. People, but they, it's like done really well also from critics' perspective, not just like, there's a second one, but actually like, I think something said like the movie actually has some heart to it, um, which is nice. Uh, that's what happens when you leave the directors alone. 145 million domestically, 425 million worldwide. That's pretty good. For Guardians. That is pretty good. I have not seen it yet. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm glad it is doing well. I like those characters. As you say, it is a character driven kind of movie. 81% on Rotten Tomatoes. See? Look. There you go. That's pretty good. Uh, Captain Marvel got a director. Did you hear that? No. Pause, pause for that while I find that. It is a duo. Their names are Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. They will be co-directing the Captain Marvel Brie Larson movie. Uh, best known for character-driven dramas like Half Nelson and Mississippi Grind. Huh. So this is that thing again where people who make critically acclaimed small movies get scooped up by the Marvel Leviathan. Well. And sometimes, James Gunn, it works very well. Sometimes, Josh Trank, it does not work very well. Though. So for your sake and for the sake of these directors, <laughs> Anna Bowden and... Mark Fleck. Ryan Fleck. Ryan Fleck. Uh, we are keeping our fingers crossed that... Hey, and there's two of them. There's two of them. Right? They can they can divvy out the tasks. Split the stress. Yeah. Y'all. Like, like and hopefully not have a horrible falling out. <laughs> but hey, one, one step closer. One step closer to it actually happening. We have a star. We have directors. I'm hoping they don't... Well, and then we... Apparently, we've got good people writing the... The actual screenplay, two ladies, I can't remember their names. One of them worked on Thor, I think? No. Uh, anyways, oh, no, one of them worked on Guardians, I think. Um, Adding more work for me when I do the show notes later. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I can do that. I can look it up now if you want. No, that's fine. Um, but yeah, no, that's, I'm I'm excited, but I'm still, it's a long way up. I mean, the world may end before I get to see that movie. That is true. Um, and also, just speaking of female-led um, films. We have a lot of news that's just coming up naturally. I really like this. <laughs> Organically. Organically. Um, they have not been doing the best job of advertising um, what's her name? Uh, she's wristbands, lasso. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. 
well, still a month away, but yeah, you'd think maybe you'd see not only something. Not only do you think you would see more advertising, but you think the advertising that they did do would not be for supplements. What? Yeah. yeah. They're advertising supplements with Wonder Woman? Yeah. It's this like think skinny or some kind of. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's like a protein bar and protein shake. Diana of Thermoscara for flat tummy tea. <laughs> You think that someone, anyone, would be like, hey, you know what would be a really bad idea? I'm pretty sure that tea just makes you poop your pants anyway. I think that's how you get your tummy flat. What <laughs> the, like, is that? Flushes your, is flushes it, the shit out of you. Is it actually a thing? Flat tummy tea? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instagram. Instagram ladies. Oh. <laughs> Skin and clad Instagram ladies. See a lot of suicide girls hawking for a uh, flat tummy tea. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're fucking right, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, it's just, I mean, I, don't, I can't knock the hustle. Get, get that paper, ladies. But however much paper you're getting. But every time I see, you know, a suicide girl or some hot girl on Instagram trying to shill for flat tummy tea, I'm always like, ugh. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so just again, you know, I mean, they were actually blasted a little while ago for not advertising for the movie at all. Well, Chris Pine was on SNL last night. Is that what he was promoting? Or I guess. Also why you get the dude supporting to be on snl is another issue but yeah he could be supporting other things like it might not just be this yeah Uh, maybe she will be supporting in a couple weeks when the movie actually comes out who knows um but yeah i just uh i just read that and it kind of i just was like nobody said anything like hey this is a bad idea uh anyways at least they're advertising now (laughs) i guess i guess Yeah, but that's that's where we're at. Sort of some good things, some not so good things. Go see Wonder Woman. Go see Wonder Woman. When it comes out. Go see Guardians of the Galaxy. Let me know how it is. Sure. Okay. Jordan I'll get, I'll get will not. I'll get to that when it's on Netflix a year from now and you make me watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, so look for that in a year when I make Jordan watch <laughs> Guardians of the, the Galaxy the Down takes on Guardians of the Galaxy in 2018. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. So we're going to take a break right here, and when we come back, we're going to get back to format this week. We're going to get at the things Jordan and Kate each brought each other. Yeah, good times. I'm excited for this. Two things that do not match up at all. In some ways, they Again. do, though. Really? Magic. <laughs> Relationships. Magic. Okay, sure. Love. Love conquers Love. all. Love. Children. Yeah. See? Lots of comparisons. <laughs> we'll see you there. What's up, Geekies? Welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where Caitlin and I each share the things we brought each other. But before we do that... We've got rules. We do have rules. We have three rules, in fact. The first of which is the rule of three. Which is the rule that we will watch at least three episodes of the thing we've given each other. Or we will read three chapters or... I don't know, consume three at least of the things we've given each other, if it makes sense. The thing has to be given a chance to be the thing it's going to be. So this specifically works with television, um, because sometimes it takes a while to get into the groove. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Which is just the rule that we will not talk about these things before we are sitting in front of these microphones. Usually, we do that. Be totally honest, fam. Didn't do it this week. No. Jordan was in a way... 
This is actually the one we were going to record last week, but we didn't for reasons. So we're doubling up this week instead of last week. So before Caitlin left, she had already started watching the thing we're going to get into. And because Jordan, as said on that episode, was like 12 episodes into a rewatch of it yeah. and falling in love with it all over again, yeah. he really needed to know if Caitlin outright hated it or not. Right. Because Jordan just would have canceled the whole shit and given her something else because he could not have been able to deal with that. Yes. So that he broke the rule. I did break the rule. I don't know what your punishment should be yet. They're my rules. I can break them. Oh, well, fine. <laughs> then, well, maybe I'll break the rules all the time. Not all the time. We have standards, but you know. Some of the time. Sometimes. Sometimes certain things trump the rules. Uh, rule number three, not a rule as much as a policy. This is a pro-spoiler podcast. Yes, there will be spoilers. So... How much do you care about having a 1996 anime and a... 1993 film? <laughs> spoiled for you? You probably weren't even alive when these things came out. You probably didn't even know they existed. Um, but thanks to us, you will. Then if you do care, you should probably go. Take your leave. Yeah, we can't... Well, we're just going to spoil everything. There's going to be no mystery. Everything. No, no... Nothing will be left un, untalked about, really. <laughs> Some things might be, but well, but you should you shouldn't risk it. Moving on, we like to alternate, so we're going to start with the thing that I brought, Caitlin, which I really just kind of pulled out of my ass. <laughs> I was like, ah, here's the thing I liked. Here's the thing. Way back when. Hmm. No, th- I was repeating oh. you. I get that. I do that sometimes. <laughs> I was like, here's the thing I liked once. Do I still like it? I don't know. And frankly, when I started the rewatch, I didn't know if I liked it. I started that first episode and went. Oh, I don't remember. This is kind of bad. I don't remember it being this bad. And then I got two episodes in and I was like, oh, no, it's so good. <laughs> and it is the 1996 animated television show, The Vision of Escaflone. So, Escaflone. Escaflone. Are you just going to put the music in? There's going to be so much music underlying this, y'all. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, I just need to say that I do remember when this show appeared. Did it ever, like, make the rounds to to TV? Yeah, YTV. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, because it came around during that first post-Sailor Moon boom. Yeah. Um, I think it came... Did it come up before Cowboy Bebop or after? I don't remember. Um, did share some of the staff. It was... Like I said, it came out in 1996, ran for 26 episodes. Um, directed by a man named Kazuki Akane. Written by Shoji Kawamori, who is Mr. Macross. He's kind of the... The man behind Macross, uh, featuring music by Hajime Mizuguchi and the Queen Yoko Kano. Yoko Kano. I don't know how the breakdown runs there, um, and who did what. Apparently, they were married at the time. I did not know that. Oh, why? Um, but yeah, Yoko did the music for this, and this is it's a fantasy series with mechs. Yep, basically um, magic mechs in the in the long-standing tradition of uh, people being transported to fantasy worlds, which seems like that's every third anime that comes out now. Mm-hmm. Back then, I don't know how frequently that happened. Probably free. You know, it's a trope. I'm sure it happens for, from Narnia on. It's been a trope, so I'm sure it, it happens frequently. Um, this is the story of high school student Hitomi Kanzaki, who is a, a track star, kind of tomboyish, does fortune telling, tarot readings. Yep. Loves her track senpai. Oh, does she ever? Amano senpai. And uh, has recently been suffering from visions. Yeah. Hence the title of some dude with wings and dragons and weird stuff. And lot of fire. And as she's about to, she basically is transported to this world called Gaia, 
real original name. <laughs> um, but on Gaia, the Earth is visible in the sky. It's a magic moon. Mystic moon. Oh, right. Mystic moon. Sorry. They call it the mystic moon. And she gets involved with this uh, guy named Vaughn, who is the king of a... What do you call it? Kingdom? <laughs> the, the king of a kingdom? He's the king of a kingdom. <laughs> the king of the land of Phanelia. Uh, and part of his right as king is to slay a dragon, which is what happens on Earth. Basically, Vaughn ends up on Earth with the dragon. Yeah. Whether it was brought there by Hitomi and her strange apparent connection to this world of Gaia and this pendant that her grandmother gave her once upon a time. It's very complicated. Um, and Vaughn has to uh, slay this dragon to pull something out of its heart called an Energist, which will power this this mecha that defends Fenelia called the Escaflone. Yes. So, the magic the, mech... Gaimelif. They're called Gaimelifs. Gaimelifs. The Gaimelif um, uses dragon essence to power it. Yes. And it's also looks kind of steampunky on the inside. It's like gears yeah. and handles and stuff. And lots of str- like, like leather straps, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's basically, you know, you sit in a harness and as you move your body, the mech moves yeah. as well. You'll see like sparks fly when he's like really pulling up to swing the sword. Type of thing. It also transforms into a dragon, but we don't need to get into that at one point. What? Oh, sorry. That hasn't happened yet. I said I'm real deep on a rewatch here. <laughs> um, and Hitomi gets all involved. There's this Zy- this empire called Zybok, which wants the power of Atlantis. Well, yeah, and that is complicated, but we'll get into that. Um, and is throwing all of all of Gaia into conflict and war. You meet this vast cast of characters, including. Vaughn's little sidekick, Merle the Cat Girl. Oh, you want to punch at the beginning? Yeah, she gets better. You do want to punch her at the beginning, but she gets better. Yeah. Vaughn's on us. But I'm at the beginning. So. Um, and, ooh. Ooh. Everyone's first husbando. <laughs> Alan Shazar. The pirate. Knight. The pirate prince or pirate knight or... Pirate? Didn't he say he's a pirate? The blonde dude? Yeah. No, he's a knight Kaylee. Oh, maybe the... the, the from the land of Astoria, and he pli- pilots the guy Melif Shahrazad. Maybe the uh, the subs I got were <laughs> just not, <laughs> little not too good, yeah. Um, as they try to defend themselves against the Zybok Empire, which is led by uh, this guy named... Well, it's headed by this head on a tank <laughs> called <laughs> Dunkirk. Uh, but working for Dunkirk is uh, Falcon, guy, the guy in the cloak. Is that the guy the that spiky hair. has the voice of a woman? No, that's Delando. Oh, Delando. Okay. Uh, who is maybe one of the most punchable villains in anime <laughs> in recent memory. He's okay. a total psychopath. Okay. And yeah, total psychopath. And as you come to realize, Hitomi has like special powers on Gaia, like these... The guy Melif's piloted by the Zybak soldiers. I'll use invisibility cloaks, mm-hmm. but Hitomi can always seem to find them or see them. Um, and yeah, it does. It's a really interesting show in that it really blends. It doesn't feel like a shonen or a shoujo. Like, you know, doesn't feel like a girly show yeah. or a show for guys. There's a lot of romance, love triangles, swoony, beautiful boys, <laughs> things like that. Ooh, Alan. Um, but also has like crazy mech fights. Right. Um, so it's a real interesting combination of those things. It toes both of those lines. Uh, fun facts about the show. First of all, I'll be curious to see what you thought of the pacing of this show. Because normally, this is from the uh, the Age of Plenty of anime, where shows could run for 26 episodes. Right. Now we just have these really super compact 
12 episode seasons. Um, this one gets a little more sprawling. You can go down a little more. I wouldn't say it has filler per se. I don't know that I ever came across a filler episode in my rewatch to now, but it definitely, there are a lot of lanes it goes down. Um, that maybe it wouldn't have if it had a smaller episode count. Um, apparently it was originally pitched to Yasuhiro Imagawa, who is the guy who directed Giant Robo, which Caitlin did not like. No, I did not. <laughs> um, so maybe it's better that he didn't get it. He passed on it to go do a Gundam show. And it was given to this guy, Kazuki Okane. This is one of his earlier projects. Um, maybe the first time he outright was a series director. Um, and he made a bunch of changes to the show when he came in. Apparently Hitomi was much more dim-witted, blonde, long hair, glasses, nerdy, awkward type. Right. Um, Kazuki is the one, or Okane is the one who brought in the fortune-telling aspect. Yep. The, the tomboyishness. The gave, running. Gave her the pixie haircut. Gave her all that kind of. That kind of business. And really, I think that's one of the things that saves that character and makes the show more interesting. So, yeah, I was just curious. It does kind of play in areas you like. Magic, Mm -hmm. dragons. Mm -hmm. But then takes things I like, like giant robots. (laughs) So things I like set in a world that Caitlin likes. Yeah. Jordan liked it. How did Caitlin think of it? Um, It was, there was a lot going on. There is a lot going on. The first episode, and part of this is be- probably because the first episode I watched dubs of oh, okay. was terrible. <laughs> like, it was really bad. Mm, 90s it, dubs. It dragged. It dra- Like, I knew she was going to get transported to a magic world. You didn't have to go on and on about her love of this dude from oh, her running club. Amano Senpai. Um, I, the art, I don't like their faces. I will grant that. It is definitely that nose thing yes. was a style at one point mm-hmm. for some types of anime and character design. Yeah, I do not think it holds up. No, the noses are weird. They kind of look flat pressed to the side on everybody's faces. And, yeah, and then when you get a profile shot, they're huge. Yeah, <laughs> these huge noses. Um, and it's just a stylistic choice, and like I said, it's it's fair that it rubs you the wrong way. It just yeah, I just not something, and even the um, I mean it's. It's 90s, right? Like the art, like the art is very 90s. Yes. Um, it it doesn't pull me too much out of the story, um, but it's something you notice. Like the dragons are all weird looking, <laughs> or at least the dragon I saw. It kind of looked like a frog. Yes. Apparently, it's not a dragon; it's a drake. It's a long story. Okay. About that, it, uh, dragons have an arms and legs <laughs> and wings on its own, not connected to the front leg. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I get it. Um. But second episode, third episode, much better. Um, and <laughs> much better for two reasons: Alan and Shazar. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> like. In, I've never the only uh, anime dude I was ever into was. Well, who do you think it was? I don't know. Sailor Moon. Oh God, Tuxedo Mask. Of course. Oh God. Well, actually, funny enough. Mm. Everyone was into Darian. I liked the, the blonde-haired guy. Oh, the guy who worked at the arcade? Yeah, who was nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, Darian was... Mamo-chan was a jerk for, like, oh, the first two seasons. He was awful. And this other guy, I can't remember his name. It was, like, Eric or something in the English <laughs> version. He was always really nice. I was like, why does anyone date that guy? Um, I always like nice Didn't guys. did Mercury end up getting with him? I don't remember. I don't think so. Yeah. Somebody fact check that for me. No, Mercury got with the guy who was cheating and she could tell because, or no, he had psychic powers and then they found out he had a crystal in him 
and he turns into a monster. Sure. And like, and like, everyone, him, like everyone on that show. And they keep in touch. Everyone's got a crystal in them and turns into a monster. Almost everyone. Anyway. Anyways. Um, so th- I did like some of the stuff in the show. Once it kind of found its groove, and this is why we watched three episodes, it, I, I could see it being um, a lot better. I am going to watch more of it because I'm interested in sort of what's going on. Um, I really hope they solve some kind of the, the mysteries they brought up. They bring things up really quickly. Like, they just have throwaway lines about, like, the power of Atlantis and this thing and this thing. And I really want to know. draconians and... I want to know what's going on. People have wings. And so in my rewatch, I'm at, like, episode 18, maybe. Okay. On my rewatch. And, yes, there are there are a lot of things that will be explained and a lot of people who are not who you think they are. I think I told you when you left last week, there's a lot of uh, Chekhov's family members yes. going off in this show yeah. where if somebody is mentioned as being missing or gone yep. somewhere, yeah, they ain't gone or missing. Yeah. They, they gonna come back. Um, and the connections between earth and Gaia and things like that. And who, who Don Kirk is. And I, I do hope that they kind of, well, one thing I liked is when um, main character, she goes missing, the friend and the, what's his, ever his name is, Alan or whatever. Um, <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Alan is the blonde knight. Amano Senpai is just some, eh. Okay. Uh, Amano. Amano. Um, they go to her mom and are like, hey, this crazy thing happened. There's a dragon and a beam of light. And the mom is just like. The mom's pretty chill about Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm glad her their, her mom believed us. What? And I don't really... There's a scene with the mom later on. Okay, good. Because she kind of... You can see, like, there's a shot where she's in the window, and she, like, looks up at the moon, and you kind of think maybe there's some family connection, or the mom knows about this, or this could have happened, or something like that. At least that's the vibe you get. But, like, Amano's like, I'm gonna stick around until she comes back. And you're like, I really hope they... (laughs) Bro... You, you, got, you got to get to college, my dude. Like, yeah, like I really hope they tie the, this loose end up because it's going to bother me throughout the rest of the series about like what happened to them. Yeah, I don't know how I don't know how the relationship of time between Gaia and Earth is ever really addressed. There are some weird things related to that that happen later on. Okay, um, and obviously you know Hitomi's grandma gave her that pendant. She got that yeah. pendant from somewhere. Like yeah. there's there's obviously that connection there. Um, yeah, I was definitely. The music on the show is very symphonic and classical bass, a lot of strings, a lot of choir, specifically the use of the the name of the mech yep. all the time. So I was like, man, this, this show's not as good as I remember. And then like the first Battle of Finale or whatever, when mm-hmm. he rolls out Nescaflone and that yep. like, I was like, oh my God, yes, I'm, <laughs> total, I'm totally back for this. Fucking Balgus doesn't even have a mech. He's just got a giant ass fucking yeah. sword. <laughs> amazing uh it was it was very good so yeah fight scenes were great um character design was fantastic um you knew what was going on all the time sometimes i find i watch animes and i'm like what is happening <laughs> there's a bear and a hat and i don't even know what is that show uh, I'll, it was on netflix and i was like what is going on i want to watch that show um so yes good in that way um a lot going on um music was great um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that really, well, it happens that, um, senior correspondent adores the show <laughs> and it's just like, can we watch Escaflone now? Are we going to watch Escaflone more Escaflone, please? Um, so he also loved the show and probably for the same reasons you did is there was a mix of like 
romance and cool, like, lady character and um, mechs and magic, which are all things that he likes. Uh, I did mention to him, she is, like, following people around and is very much like, I'm just going to follow you or I'm just going to come with you. And I was like, that could get annoying. And he mentioned that there was a character arc there with her. So, oh, yeah, she takes on. She definitely takes on more of an active role with so the then, fortune telling and the apparent abilities that she has in this place. That's that makes me happy because that makes me want to watch more of it. And there's even there's like a character later on who like you think she's she just seems like a princess who's like kind of bitchy and in love with Alan and you know whatever right. else. Um, turn after she like you know abandons her home and her father and all this stuff later on. It turns out she went to medical school for a while. So like when somebody gets hurt, they go to her. She's like a doctor and she like. She has skills. She's not just this, like, oh, Alan, love me right. type of thing. Um, there's, like, there's Game of Thronesian paternity type stuff that happens with characters that show up later on. It's just, oh my ooh, God. it's crazy. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm to- <laughs> I was totally back in on this show after, like, episode six. I was like, oh, right. These are all the things I yeah. loved about this show. So, I'm going to give it, for now, I'm going to give it a 6.5. That's fair. Um you know, works as an anime. I'd like to see more of it before I gave it uh, some other type of rating. But yeah, for now, 6.5. 6.5. Yeah. Dope. Awesome. Well, that's out there. I don't know where. I'm sure you can find it. Just look it up. <laughs> on a on a 13-tape box set I left in my first Toronto, <laughs> in the basement of my first Toronto apartment when I moved. Did you mean to leave it? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. I left so many VHS tapes down there. Well, yeah. What was I going to do with them? Um, oh, I forgot to tell, I'm definitely going to tell this story for, okay, tune in next episode, folks, because I am definitely going to tell you a story about a package my dad sent me, and it is amazing. <laughs> um, but for now, I'm going to talk about something that means oh so much to me. Oh, boy. And I, I, I'm, I was really apprehensive, apprehensive about giving this to Jordan because it is such a big part of my childhood, like a massive part of my childhood, but... I thought, even at the end of the day, if he hates it, I don't really care. I'm going to keep on watching it, like, every year. <laughs> and I'm going to keep on... I know, like, every line in the movie. I know... I just... I, I know... I can... I could I could go through the movie in my head, scene to scene. That's how many times I've watched it. Um, and it's still going to mean, uh, you know, as much as it did, whether he likes it or not. Um, so it's The Secret Garden. It's the 1993 movie, though, of The Secret Garden, mm-hmm. which is it's a p- particular time and place in Caitlin's life. Um, the The actual book, The Secret Garden, was um, authored by Frances Hodgen Burnett. Uh, um, in August 1911, it came out. Um, the Both the movie and the book are relatively... They follow the same pattern. There are some characters in the movie that they leave out, and... Uh, near the beginning, instead of there being a cholera epidemic that wipes out Mary's family, who marries the main female character, um, they are instead uh, wiped out by an earthquake, which is much more like cinematic. So I could see why they went with that. And they did more. They did some other cinematic things as well. Uh, the cinematography, actually, for the time, was really amazing. This movie. Um, or at least I think it, childhood Caitlin thought it was amazing. Um, the story, though, like I said, follows basically the same line. Um, the movie version follows uh, Mary Lennox, a 10-year-old girl who grew up in 
um, British-occupied India, um, whose parents don't care about her, basically. Like, they just have... Nope. No, they don't even want a kid, really. Um, and she's desperate for attention. Um, they have... She gets into a fight with them, basically. And then there's a massive earthquake, and they both die in this earthquake. And she's sent to live with her uncle in England, a place she's never been before. Very different from where she's from. She is a sour, spoiled, oh my God. miserable oh my God. child. Um, partially because she has only been raised by nannies and has never known love, basically. Um, and because, you know, the parents let her get away with anything as long as they, she doesn't disturb them. Um, so she goes to live in England. She's pick, picked up by this... No, no. Okay, we'll say... <laughs> oh, sorry. But... Don't, don't spoil it yet. Just say who she's picked up from, okay. but not who it is. Oh, she's picked up from basically the, the port, and she's like one of the last kids, or like the last kid to get picked up. Um, she doesn't know who's coming to get her, and she's picked up by... So I'm watching this movie, and bear in mind, friends, a lot of my notes for this movie, uh, the few that I have... I watched this like two weeks ago because yeah. I thought we were going to be talking about it last week. Mm-hmm. So it's faded a bit, but I do remember watching this movie as the kid waits in the station for someone to pick her up. And you know it's going to be someone who's probably going to be awful to her and snotty because, you know, it's a British movie about British people. <laughs> Great. Another another British movie about people being awful. Um, and as you hear the heels clicking on the on the concrete and you see the, the white hat off in the distance, Jordan says to himself... If this is anybody but Maggie Smith coming to pick this child up, this movie is bullshit. And it was Maggie Smith <laughs> who came and picked her up. Yes, it was. It was one of the first roles I remember Maggie Smith being in uh, from when I was a child. She plays Mrs. Metlock, who is the head housekeeper of of the uncle's estate um, and is awful. And she takes Mary on this very long journey um to the moors where her uncle's estate is it's in the middle of nowhere and it's damp and cold and gray and miserable looking and mary's just miserable and she gets put in a room basically to be sort of forgotten about told that her uncle will send for her if he wants to see her um and it's kind of just like great what do i do now nothing stay in the room stay in the room and then next day she's befriended by this uh, this under housekeeper um, named Martha, who thinks she's a very odd child. And Mary ends up having like this massive tantrum because she thinks she's always having tantrums. She's always having because she again she's miserable and unloved and sad and doesn't know how to express. Who's going to dress me? Who? Yeah, I've been waiting here all morning to get dressed. Yeah, and Martha says, you know, well, I'll dress you, but don't you, you know, dress yourself, and of course not. She's got servants to do that, um, and it basically, it's this journey of of making connections with people, but she... Of her going from completely awful to slightly less awful? It takes some time. It was only, like, a season, okay? Um, so basically... The reason it's called The Secret Garden is because um, she finds out from Martha that her uh, some st- stories about her uncle, um, basically her aunt who has passed away. Yeah, the uncle is not technically blood. The uncle married yes. Mary's mom's sister. Yeah, so who, were, who were twins. Yes. Um, Mary sort of wanders out throughout this big house. She finds like pictures and different things. Um there is uh, lots of rumors and stories. One of the stories is about this this garden that the aunt spent all her time in, um, 
that has been locked up and very much like, uh, you know, Mary's emotions, the symbol for this garden <laughs> and the magic. Sell it. And the magic Sell of it. the garden. Um, anyway, so she f- ends up finding the garden. She makes friends with this boy named Dickon, who is my first like crazy crush oh ever. <laughs> okay. All you right. have to picture All this. Right. All, right. All right. 1993. I was like seven or something eight so dickon so hot you dickon. there are ladies out there who know exactly what i am Bro, talking you dickon about. stands at get a caitlin <laughs> you guys know caitlin wants to hear from you you guys know um anyway so she finds this garden with dickon she starts to help this garden grow they do lots of work in it she starts to like eat and become better and then she stumbles across that she has a cousin Another awful child. Another awful child who has been abandoned by his father, who his father has thought that he is a a cripple like him and is worried that if he falls in love with him and he dies, he'll just, his father won't be able to go on. Is that why the father did all the things he did? Yeah. That was not clear. Oh, yeah. That's what she says in the movie. You just weren't paying attention. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) Um, And, you know, they become friends and cousins and then, and. Uh, Colin, who is the cousin who doesn't know how to walk because they've just basically never even tried, from what I can see. They, he learns how to walk. Zapped him with like a <laughs> outboard motor engine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. To keep the circulation going. Uh, oh, and then the best part of the movie, the spores. Oh my god. This kid get paid by the scream? Like <laughs> The spores, Mary! The spores! She, like, rips open the shutters and lets sunlight in, and he just wails like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. He's just yeah. flailing. And I'm like, shut up, They child. find out that they have found each other, um, which has brought the whole, like, the, the whole household up in arms, but dickon i mean uh, but colin is just like no we're gonna we're gonna like hang i'm out. the lord of the house you'll listen to me yeah basically like that it's good, impre- it good impression um and they start hanging out at the garden but they can't tell anybody about it because it's a secret it's a secret garden um and he learns how to walk and the father has all these dreams because of the magic that they do you remember the magic? I did not get any magic out of this movie aside from wondering where all these duck skin shit came from dickon he helped. He was helping the gardener through the right. little farms, bring them animals. Okay, it's animal whisperer. Okay, it's one of the reasons I loved him. He always had a lamb. He's portly and good with animals. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> top two things on Caitlin's, Caitlin's young Caitlin's list. <laughs> oh, I love this movie so much. Like I'm a little husky and uh, be good with uh, small farm. Yeah. Small farming, like no things hobby about far- hobby farming. That was hobby a great. Far- yeah. Um. Anyways, the they this magic goes out. The father starts having these dreams. He comes back to the manor in the summer, which he never does. Never does. And he sees Dickon walking or uh, Colin walking, and <laughs> get Dickon off the brain. I can't. I can't. Dickon on the brain. Uh. He sees Colin walking, and it like blows him away. And there's this like happy family moment but then mary is like oh, i'm gonna be like sent away now because they have family and but then they'll he's like no you're gonna come too and then everyone's happy and his family and there's a garden and yay and that's the story At the end kind of yeah <laughs> oof so what did you think jordan it's definitely one of those movies where you just you're asking yourself <laughs> there's nothing the whole time there is nothing you liked about this movie 
Really? Liked? Really. It's not like I, again, it's always that thing where it's like, it's not like I want to gouge my eyes out right now, but this movie has got a real large barrier to my entry of interest. You didn't like Mr. Uh, Craven, also known as Trent Reznor in uh, the Perfect Drag video? (laughs) (laughs) Also, yeah, did not get that he was a cripple, just thought he was sad. <laughs> he had a. He had I a, thought he was just. Oh, the cane was just real morose. Like, oh, I can't even bear to walk. <laughs> he has a. He has a, a hump. Oh, the hump! I'm gonna get a hump yeah. like my dad has, right? Yeah. One of the myriad of things Colin's constantly wailing about. Because people have. That's what you do when you put your anxiety on children. They just absorb it. And that was, you know, listen. That was kind of a plot thread that I thought was interesting. Where like, there's nothing wrong with the kid, but all these like terrible adults are like, in the interest of keeping him safe. Yeah. Are making him awful and sick it's like it's like john b mclemore and his mom it's like you're taking care of him yeah but you're actually making him worse um that was marginally interesting i don't remember this but i have it in my notes where the fuck did those hidden tunnels come from aren't they like running through hidden tunnels at one point what are you talking about i don't know i have it in my notes no there were tunnels there were no tunnels (laughs) there was a wing that they had closed off because it was the wing that the mother oh yeah, that's what it was. That's why she found the secret key. <laughs> the secret you have key. no idea how many secret drawers I had when I was a kid and keys for nothing. <laughs> they just reminded me of the secret garden. I just want keys all keys the time. everywhere. Um, yeah, this is definitely, this is one of the most Caitlin things that could ever, <laughs> that ever Caitlin. Um, it would have been more palatable if the children were <laughs> somewhat empathetic or sympathetic they they start to start to it's a long go listen i'm there with you i'd much rather watch the dickens show (laughs) (laughs) just yeah you just keep mary and colin being snotty to each other and trying to like flex their class power over each other yeah cool i'd just rather watch dickens you know raise a goose for (laughs) 45 (laughs) minutes yeah and then they come out and dickens like all right then what (laughs) how are you two (laughs) and be like oh we had a fight but we're better now cool just exposit all that shit. Did you like any of the cinematography? Um, should be said, you didn't mention this, but I was I, I was somewhat stunned to read that this was directed directed by a woman named Agnieszka Holland. Oh, um, yeah. So I forgot. Um, she's the she's directed tons of foreign stuff. Uh, she was, and TV and TV, which I was about to get to. But she's done tons of foreign stuff. She got uh, nominated for an Academy, I think, eighty fifth Academy Awards for a foreign language film. Um, she really has done so much. But she's also known for TV. She's directed episodes of The Wire, episodes of The Killing, and episodes of House of Cards. Yeah, and so like obviously, you know that name. It's not a name you see every day, Agnieszka. Yeah. So when you, and I only know how to pronounce it because I've met an Agnieszka in my life. So when I, when I saw her name, yeah. I was like, oh my God, it's that woman who directs like The Wire and yeah. The Killing and Treme and like all these like w- very good, you know, television shows and The Killing, maybe not, but, um, so I had no idea she even had any background in like theatrical film. So oh yeah, she's done tons and tons. Um, and so I was kind of interested, you know, to watch it from that respect for her like directing. But then, you know, Colin would, you know, a dust mite would land on Colin's forehead and he'd wail about for twenty five minutes, and I'd be like, oh, okay, okay, the okay. spores, Barry, the spores, the spores, I'll spore you. 
Ah, oh, good times. Um, well, I always thought the cinematography was great. That just the changing landscape over time. Um, I always thought that was really beautiful. The plants growing um, was a really cool aspect of it. Um, there's just little shots of things growing over like a time lapse kind of thing. I thought that was really neat. Um, and just even the sort of the haunting. Um, direction she gives things or the haunting sort of atmosphere she gives things uh like there's the ghosts without ghosts i always thought that was really interesting about the movie as well so mm. i think visually and um and even though the story doesn't have magic in it that sort of victorian magic-esque kind of vibe was really well done that's from a grown-up caitlin perspective <laughs> Mostly. I was like, more dicking. Okay, and secret was, things. Okay, was like, more dicking and keys, please. Yeah. Uh, it was like a five and a half. Five and a half. Okay. Yeah. That's, I'm not going to fail it. It's, you know, it's, it's just not my wheelhouse. It's I, not. I, I know what? That's fine. I actually, I gave it to you because in that sometimes we give each other things that even though we know the other person is not going to like, we're just kind of interested, yeah. right? And also to talk about it and to bond with people over Secret Garden. He <laughs> hit me up. Hit me up, those people. Oh, you secret garden, you secret gardeners out there. You know. You, you know who you are. You know, and you know all about Dickens. All the Dickens fan art. Yeah. For Kate. Yep. Oh, yeah. All the Dickens fan art. Well, that oh, is yeah. out there in the world. It is. Also probably on a VHS tape in someone's basement. Absolutely. Or at Caitlin's house. <laughs> I've got like two copies. <laughs> <laughs> Three different formats. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, it was good. Uh, up. Did you have any updates? I do. I do have some updates. Hit an update. Um, so I watched American Gods, first episode. I was going to say, we, yeah, we did not talk about Handmaid's Tale or American Gods. I have not seen either yet. You have seen American Gods? I have seen American Gods. Do you concur? With what? The critical consensus? No. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> but it, and I'm sure it's going to get really good. Mm -hmm. But that first episode, it was okay. You're like not rapturous. No. All right. Like, there were some things that were awesome. It was the first episode. It was the first episode. Um, there's a lot of little, you know, little paths that you mentioned sort of with Escaflone, right? Like, they went down a lot of little paths that you mm. know are going to pick up and become things. I also read the book, though, and my imagination is a lot better than most <laughs> television shows. So there are things that I could imagine. Some The cinematography, amazing. Um, casting, really good. Uh but yeah, it was it was good. It was okay. It was not amazing, but it was okay. Um, but you're going to keep watching. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also started Legion. Ah, which yes. I only got the... How many did you get? I only got the only first Only got episode. one. Only got first one. We wanted to watch more because we were... we. I actually liked the first episode of Legion way more than I liked the first episode of American really? Gods. Really? I thought it might have been too obtuse for you. No. Why would it be too obtuse? I don't know. It's hard to really say. You don't really, you don't really know what the hell's going on, and it's weird. I and love it's, that, all right. and it makes me want to know more, right? And all of the clips and all of the trailers that they give you are just from that first episode, yeah. right? So you know, I know nothing about what happens later on, which is nice because a lot of the time they give you too much in trailers. Truth. Um, so yeah, that was really great. I finished the Expanse. All the available episodes. All the available episodes. Still as on it as you were. Yeah. Okay. So excited. And I know some of the things that happen later on because, of course, they're based off of books. Yes. And I'm really excited about it. Super excited. Cool. Awesomely excited. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. There were some other things I wanted to try and watch, but we just never got to. There's just so much out there. 
Too much TV. Too much TV. Too much TV. And lots of things are dropping soon. Um, second uh, season of Preacher. Oh, God. That's going to be like next month, isn't it? Yeah. So I got to get on that. You I got to get what? caught up on that. Yeah. yeah. So there's all kinds of stuff. Um, Didn't mention it for a while because I didn't have much chance to get back to it. But man, Borderlands 2 is just great. It's just a just a great piece of video game entertainment. How's that? How's the D and D section of Borderlands? So uh, my, I, d- I didn't come up on an episode. I don't think we will recall my like. Will I or will I not get a PS4? I did not get a PS4. Um, how I soothed not getting a PS4 was the um, the season pass for Borderlands Two, right? Which is like all the most of the expansions, mm-hmm. like the secondary content that came out after, went on sale for like seven dollars on xbox live That's amazing. so i spent so i got like spent seven dollars to get like three expansions for borderlands 2 um they get mad hard <laughs> i apparently good. am not at and the other thing i'm gonna be playing this game for like the next year because they have like a new game plus mode where you can start it over at your current level yep. with all your guns and they scale the enemies up and you get better loot but i'm trying to like do everything now before i do that right um so the expansions are there's like there's a character named sir hammerlock <laughs> yeah, and it's one based around him, which is basically like a big game hunting sort of mission. Amazing, and it's so fucking hard. There's like these witch doctor characters that just destroy me every time. I don't know what level I should be at to be playing this. Um, there's a pirate one, Excellent. Captain Scarlet, um, which I'm playing the most because it seems most appropriate for the level I'm at, and um, the one that I could not wait to show Caitlin and made sure I had up and played it. <laughs> Delayed recording to, so I could play it long enough for Caitlin to see how this plays out. Is the Dungeons and Dragons um, expansion to Borderlands badasses and something? It's or amazing. Other, um, where basically the action is narrated by you are basically playing in a fantasy world and fighting skeletons and zombies and knights and archers and shit. Um, yeah. But the action is narrated by this minor character from the game called Tina. Basically, all the characters from the game are playing this, mm-hmm. and Tina's the GM. So you'll like walk down a path, and suddenly the action is being narrated. The example I gave to Caitlin, which in the early going, you like arrive on a ship and you're walking, um, you're walking towards this castle and it's like, and then you hear Tina go and suddenly a dragon explodes and attacks you. And <laughs> another character, Lilith or somebody is like, Tina, you, you can't start with like a giant boss like that. Like you got to scale it back a bit. Oh, you're right. Um, but skeleton explodes from out of the drawbridge. His name is Mr. Bony Pants guy. And the character goes, ah, I'm Mr. Bony Pants guy. <laughs> and then you fight him. Um, things like that are happening. There was a, Caitlin saw the clip where this character, I have not even met in the actual game, named Mr. Torg. He's this big alpha, like, ripped dude. Yeah. Um, he wants to get in on the game. And there's like a submission where you're basically checking his nerd cred. <laughs> Well, and well, he, you, he you just, have to run around to like ask him these questions. He just yells though. He's yeah. like, "I want to be in the game <laughs> because reasons, <laughs> fantasy, woo!" Um, and it's so hysterical. And the other thing, Kalen, yeah, there's one episode left. Yeah, We're getting getting to the getting to the crux. Yeah, Kalen, we know who killed Jason Blossom. <gasps> Do you want me to just go all in? Do you want me to tell you how fucked up and stupid this show got? Yeah. So we're talking about Riverdale Friends and. Warning. Warning. I'll put it in the episode description as well. Just to see the look on Caitlin's face, we're going to get into like full spoilers briefly for this episode of Riverdale. Okay. Jason Blossom. Yep. Killed by his father. Oh. Um, I think we mentioned before maple syrup and there's also a bunch of incest going on. Right. Um, Fun. Because the, the Coopers, 
there, there was this real Hatfield McCoy thing that got alluded to in earlier episodes between Betty's family, the Coopers, and the Blossoms. Right. Like this split over the great uh, maple syrup monopoly of yep. Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it came out that the, so Jughead's father's been arrested right. for the murder. Yeah. Even though he didn't do it. He confessed to a whole bunch of shit because Jason's father, Captain Bl- Mr. Blossom, threatened him with a bunch of stuff. So FP, <laughs> Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> Um, did we go over that Skeet Ulrich is playing Jughead's dad? No. Skeet Ulrich is playing Jughead's dad. Okay. Um, so Luke Perry plays, <laughs> plays Archie's dad. Amazing. And Skeet Ulrich plays Jughead's dad. How is this, ta- how is this bad? <laughs> Explain to me how this is bad. Um, come to find out, Betty comes to find out that the, uh, the, the split between, you know, the Blossoms and the, uh, the Coopers, the two grand, great, great, great grandpappies or whatever, they were brothers. So this affair that... Betty's sister Polly and Jason Blossom were having that got Polly pregnant. Oh shit! They're like third cousins, yo. Ew. Ew. So <laughs> lots of lots of cousins. Little hairy palm babies running around. <laughs> lots of cousins sleep together. Uh, it's fine. So we don't know why he killed him or what's going to happen with Jughead's dad or things like that. But just, oh my god, the show's so stupid and terrible, and I love it. I just don't, why did this have to be Riverdale? Like, it doesn't have any of the tone of the comics. Nope. It did, or the, or, like, either the old comics or the new comics. Like, there, there was a moment that I greatly, this might be one of the best moments, two moments, awesome moments of the season. Um, I think it's Jughead's having, like, a daydream or a fantasy or something where he sees Riverdale as the comic version. Right. So all the characters are done up, like, as their comic <laughs> versions. Um Archie's got like the sweater vest and the bow tie and the hair yeah. parted down the middle type of thing. Um, there was that moment and there was a moment. So Betty and Jughead are dating. Yeah. I think I mentioned, which I'm not crazy about, but whatever. Um, and there's a moment where it's Jughead's birthday and Betty wants to throw him a party and Jughead doesn't want to. And this the kind of thing explodes. There's a big party that ends up happening because Cheryl crashes it. Cheryl Blossom crashes it. And it's making Jughead really uncomfortable. And she's like, Bet- Betty and Jughead are fighting. And she's like, why Why are you being like this? And he's like, I'm, this is not me. This is not what I do. This is not my thing. Like, I'm weird. Like, I'm weird. You see, I wear this hat every day. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it is. Uh, nice self-awareness, Riverdale. Um, yeah, the show's tried. The nice, I've re- somebody on a podcast, one of the Ringer podcasts, I think it's the TV critic there, mentioned that, like, this show is definitely, like, something like the O.C., where when it started, people and adults, like teens and adults, were both like, oh, this is a very interesting, somewhat subversive, left-of-center show. And then within like three episodes, it was like, oh, no, it's just a trashy soap for teens. Yeah. This is what Riverdale has become. It's just become a trashy soap for teens. Right. It was kind of fun. And it's the dialogue as well. Like, listen, everybody at Major Canadian Retailer is watching Riverdale. So every Friday, every Friday night at work, because it drops on Friday morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're all, we's all in. Mm, so bad. Wow. And there was something else I binged all of, which we will get to on the episode we're going to record for next week because we need shit to talk about. Yeah, because next week we're out of time, guys. We're out of time, so we can go to TCAF. Yeah. So find us there. We might be wandering around. Wondering why we're not doing a show and it's going to feel weird for us. <laughs> we're like, I feel like I have to do something. If you, see a, if you see a fat dude wandering around looking confused and somewhat surly, you can try saying hi to him. I don't know. Uh, um, I might not recommend it. I might not. It, but if you see me, um, I have a very large face, and I usually look, just look for like the round, looking for the roundest face you can find with a giant backpack, and it's probably Kate McKinnon. Yep. Yeah, it's probably me. 
If you do happen to see us, hey, say hey, uh, holler at us. We would love to see you and talk to you. And thank you so much for listening to us, as you do every week. All the social medias, as we said at the top, Twitter at GeekDownPod, email GeekDownPod at gmail.com, or on our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. You are welcome to get at us in all those ways. And thank you so much for joining us, friends. What? Oh, but I have to remind everyone. Oh, shit, you do. I meant to prod you about that earlier in the By episode. By this time, all the information for the con- contest. It's not really a contest. The Geek Down. It is a contest. The Geek Down something. What did you call it? It's the... Oh, I had it. Oh, no. The Geek Down gift not really give- giveaway is that what we decided to or geek down gift giveaway not, not really. really yeah the geek down gift giveaway not really because we're making you work for it um contest should be up and running so if you want to take a look on facebook uh twitter there should be a message there about it um or on our patreon i'm sure we're going to put some kind of message up there as well um basically you just fill out this really quick survey and then you Post a link to the show either on Twitter or on Facebook, and uh, you'll be entered to win an awesome prize. Caitlin promises the poster, snacks, a Google Play gift card. Yeah, it's it's great. It's just, really just like a great summer gift just, to yourself. Just for nothing. Just for just just a thanks. Yeah, thanks for being y'all. And to just answering a couple questions <laughs> about why you like listening to us so every we week. Know what the fuck we're doing here? Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take our leave so we can get to giving you even more content. Even more. Always more. So thank you so much for joining us, friends. We will be back here next week. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme music is by Rob Gasser, and we will be back here next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. See you guys then. Hey, Jordan. Hmm. You know what time it is? No. It's Geek Down Podcast time. As much as you try via grump, I'm just going to be super enthusiastic and sing everything. <laughs>